What's up, homies? I'm Chris Tejas, and this is the Pure Ascent Podcast. Hey there. It's been a few, and that's actually exactly what I want to talk about today. Why it's been a little bit of time since I've, I've put anything up. Because in the past two weeks or so, I've recorded um, at least two or three times and recorded the same podcast over and over and over. And I had a really difficult time figuring out how I wanted to communicate the things that I wanted to communicate. I wanted to do a podcast surrounding my feelings towards Canada Day, towards the things that are happening within our Indigenous community and the broader community regarding our Indigenous peoples, and uh, how I choose to navigate that as a Indigenous person with a white pass. And every time I recorded, I found it difficult because the things I was trying to express were complex. They were complicated, they were nuanced, and they were paradoxical. And I think we as a species don't do well with paradoxes. A paradox is, uh, it goes against our nature, uh, or our understanding of, of being okay. <clears throat> Zeus is just sneezing in the background. You okay, buddy? He seems okay. So these paradoxes that we have to live with, um, they're difficult because we don't know how the hell to deal with them. How can things be two different ways at once that seem opposed, but really aren't? What? I don't get it. It hurts my brain, it triggers a fight or flight response, and it seems like it is not going to turn out well. And so I recorded these podcasts over and over talking about the complicated relationship I feel like I have with Canada. And I was all set to release it, and it just didn't feel right. Not because I feel like it was, you know, I was inherently saying anything wrong but because I feel like the timing just isn't right. This year, with everything that's happened, I felt like there just needed to be space created. There just needed to be some silence. And so I wasn't really posting anything on social media. I wasn't really even checking in on social media all that much. I just took a, took a moment, took a breath, took a break. Wanted to spend a little bit of time understanding my own relationship with my feelings towards indigenous activism um, and the role that I can play within it. Because I've always sort of stood with the idea that we can't all advocate for everything, that people have to find the thing that makes sense for them. That's the thing that they need to focus on. And for me, when it comes to advocacy, I think where I've, I've found myself settled into is wanting to advocate on behalf of animals, wanting to advocate on behalf of health, and wanting to advocate on behalf of Indigenous peoples. And when I say on behalf of, that means in concert with and uh, closely tied within the community. It doesn't mean um, any kind of you know, white savior kind of thing. At least I hope it doesn't. What it means for me is really being able to 
work within those communities. And having just moved uh, to the area I live in, I don't, I don't feel super closely connected with the indigenous community here yet. <clears throat> and to be honest, I, I, I hadn't put in a ton of work. And so it didn't really feel like it was acceptable for me to release some of these feelings that I had regarding, regarding Canada Day in this country at that moment. And so I decided not to. And I actually, I, I don't have, have the podcast any anymore. It's gone. And I did that very specifically because I feel like um, the time that I have spent over this past few days and week or so um, has really helped me to further crystallize how I feel and help me to understand things better. So I think I can, I can express it more eloquently. And I don't plan to do that here today, but I do plan to do that at some point. Uh, maybe not not uh, not until next Canada Day. It's hard to say. But what I want to talk about today is how how I've come to think about my role in activism and uh, not just within the indigenous communities, but but my role in general and um, how I've gone about it. And this is sort of, I suppose, some sort of a recipe in a way, but I don't think that it works for everybody. I think everyone has to come to this naturally on their own. And I think there are questions we have to ask ourselves and there are some core tenets that we have to follow. And for each of us, those will be a little bit different. But when we're deciding to become active, become socially active and uh, take some kind of action uh, in that way, I think we are invoking a lot within ourselves i think we're we are um it's a big ask it's a real big ask so i started asking myself some questions because what i noticed is that when things started to get particularly fervent online and in social media surrounding any one topic that i particularly care about whether it is um or that i feel called to um speak speak to, whether that is uh, indigenous rights, whether that is animal rights, whether that is health and nutrition and, uh, and movement and all that stuff, I, I find that when those things get particularly vocal and loud online, especially, I tend to shut down. I tend to not want to engage. And I've been trying to understand why that is. And part of it, I think, has to do with the fact that I don't necessarily want to engage in those things when they're at their peak because I don't necessarily want to be, um, I don't want it to be seen as a flash in the pan. Like, hey, you care about this at this moment because everybody does, you know? And part of me thinks that, uh, when, when there's all of this, when there's a lot of motion, when there's a lot of movement, when there's a lot of people speaking, that is when, um, that is when it is most important to hear from the actual leaders within those groups. And so it's not the best time for me to be vocal. It's time, it's a time for me to listen and to, to take a step back and observe and witness and to allow room for the people who really, really know what they're talking about to come through. And this speaks maybe more specifically to indigenous rights because I, I don't feel like within this country it's really my place to say anything 
given that my indigenous heritage is is coming from um, from the south, coming from uh, you know Mexico and and what is now Southern uh, California and 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 the southern part of the states, I don't necessarily feel like I I have much. Uh, to offer in way of understanding what's happened in this country from that perspective. And so it really isn't my place to, to say anything. It's my place to listen. And so when those, when those conversations get particularly vocal, um, that's when I try and absorb. But I found that I had to be really careful about how I did it because in some ways, as we take in this, this content, and we try and understand it. Um, I just think we have to be conscious of the way that it it affects us, and the way that it affects our ability to act in this world. And when a lot of this stuff came out in, in terms of what was going on in Canada with the you know with the unmarked graves and the and the, the burials within the residential schools, I was in the middle of a very very hectic heavy work week, and. Um, to be honest, I just I, I felt like if I truly engaged, I wouldn't be able to make it through. And so I had to step back and I had to say, um, I am going to witness this when I have the capacity to witness it at its full depth. And so it took me a little while and I had to compartmentalize to a degree to kind of get through. And then I had some time off, you know, a day or two, and I was able to reckon with all of that and listen and learn and and move through it and and that felt that felt like the the honest way for me to be able to do that and it also allowed me to ask myself a series of questions uh, about when and why I feel the need to whether it's protest or share things online or communicate things um, where where that's coming from because I think I don't know. I just I think I think sometimes we get lost lost in 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 anger and lost in frustration and lost in our sorrow so much so that we we create the type of division that we're hoping to bridge if that makes sense. So oftentimes I think I think it's important to ask yourselves um who is it that you're protesting against exactly? And if you feel like there's a person or a group that you are against, oftentimes it seems to me like what we are trying to do most often uh, with, with a lot of different social, um, you know, socially active groups, what we're trying to do is create unity. What we're trying to do is to say, we don't believe there should be division here. We see that these people are not being treated equally and not being treated fairly and haven't historically. And we want the people responsible for that to own up to it, to accept their role, to apologize, and then we want to create unity with those people. And the question of how can you merge rather than divide? And is the is the way in which you are protesting or the way in which you are engaging in this conversation allowing for that merging or is it creating greater divide and i'm not saying one is better than the other i don't really know but but from where i'm sitting at least it does seem to me like merging is far more 
Merging is the way of the universe. The universe collects and organizes and merges from the smallest electrons to in, into us. We are a collection. We are a great merging. And I wonder if sometimes the way that we go about our social action creates further division. And I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I don't know if that speaks to anybody when they hear that. But but to me, it, it does feel like sometimes we come out of these things feeling more divided. Um, and we know that's not the goal. We know at the end of the day, that's not what we want, because that division is what breeds hate and racism and anger and, 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 and all the all the horrible things that we see happen. And so the question of why you're protesting and what it's doing for you, is it making you more clear, conscious? Is it getting you more free? Or is it getting you more stuck and trapped in that division? When you go out and protest, is it coming from a place of joy? And when I say that, I don't mean that there shouldn't be anger. I do not ever mean that there shouldn't be a, a, a deep, deep anger and resentment and frustration, but your protesting doesn't necessarily need to come from that. It can come from sorrow and pain and suffering, but it can also come from um, a place where you recognize that this action, this protest, this conversation you're having is moving you and the people you are having this with or against, it is moving you all in one direction and hopefully that direction is greater than where you've come from and so insofar as we are able to be conscious of that then we can we can move through this social action with great joy and 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 this is where that paradox comes in because we can be joyous and still have anger we can be joyous and still have suffering we can be joyous and still Hold people accountable and be deeply, deeply disappointed in what we have seen. And those things can exist together. And I think they actually have to because as anyone will tell you who is um, professionally active in those spaces, anyone who, who takes social action or protesting as, as their career path, the burnout is real. The burnout is heavy and intense and painful. And the only way, I think, to transmute that is to allow the joy in. So that's one thought. And the other thought for me that, that I've been really trying to entertain is, what does social action look like for me? Does it have to look like protesting? Does it have to look like social media? Does it have to look like letter writing? Does it have to look like donating? Does it have to look like any any one thing? What avenue best utilizes my abilities and my strengths and helps me to get more free and clear? I think all forms all forms have an audience. You know, I this makes me think a lot of of, of animal rights because there's many different types of animal rights uh, advocates. There's the ones who 
show horrifying images and who throw paint onto fur coats. And there's the ones who put out vegan cookbooks. And there's the ones who have letter writing campaigns or do speaking tours. And it's easy to look at that first example of like the throwing paint and and all that and to see it as a lesser form and saying like well you're just you're just creating more hate in the world and and yeah yes you you probably are in a lot of cases but for every form of activism there is a person who is fundamentally changed by that form what what really got me when it came to becoming vegan was watching the movie earthlings where i saw some of the most horrifying things happening to animals that i could imagine and i found out that that's just the norm and that is a pretty extreme form of activism these people are breaking into you know these slaughterhouses and they're filming things illegally and they're releasing animals and and it's it's extreme it's an extreme form of activism but it worked on me and so every form has its way and has its audience. And the question is, what way best speaks to you as an audience member? And um, as a performer, which way do you feel best? And so I've had to ask myself that a lot. And, and I've had to ask, um, I've, had to, I've had to experiment, you know, because I've gone to I've gone to protests, I've gone to vigils, I have shared stuff on social media, I have shared long-form thoughts, I have donated money, I've tried a lot of different forms of of activism, and I think it's important that we experiment. I I think it's important that we recognize that one form is not necessarily more valid than the other, because if you're not somebody who... Let's put it this way. If you're going to reluctantly hold a sign at a rally because you don't feel comfortable there, even though it's something you believe in, you shouldn't be there. That's not your form, you know, and, and, and you, maybe you need to try to know that. But, but once you know it, listen to that and find your form because I guarantee there's a way that you can be of service to that cause that feels true to you and feels good for you. You know, Christ flipped tables and he preached and he performed miracles and he sacrificed himself and he was contemplative and he, 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 I mean, that dude tried it all. And I don't know if he's the one that you want to look to, but if he is, he tried it all, you know? And I think, I think we, we need to give ourselves the opportunity to, to expand to become greater through our activism rather than to become um rather than to contract and i think sometimes when you put yourself into a space where you are um you are advocating in the wrong ways for you then it can be very contracting and it can it can make you feel very stuck and very trapped martin luther king used the term sacred obligation and I find that incredibly powerful and moving. And I've been thinking about that a lot. What is my sacred obligation to this world and this universe? And it's incumbent upon me to find that out. And the only way to find that out is to experiment and to try different forms and to 
be in touch with myself as I am going through that experimentation. And, you know, another, oh man, I mean, you, we know the dude said, said so much, so much badass shit, right? We know that MLK was just incredible, but I've just been thinking so much about the things that he said, especially, you know, um, that, that idea of sacred obligation, the idea of fighting physical force with soul force. Oh, that one just always gets me. And, and balancing that, balancing that out with, with that great obligation, like saying we need, we, we don't want to fight, but we want to unify. But at the same time, neither rest nor tranquility can occur. We have to be vital. We have to be pushing and moving ourselves forward. And we have to, I, I, I think for any of us who are awakened at all spiritually, we know that at the end of the day, we have to, we have to put in the work. We have to put in the effort. And what that looks like when it comes to social action is a really interesting thing because um, you can get wrapped up in, in the idea of being the holy pacifist who steps aside from it all and just focuses inward and just works on the self. And that's a path. And I'm not saying it's a good or a bad path, but that is a path. And, you know, when you're looking at this from an Eastern perspective, you'll hear people say like, well, if that's just their karma, then uh, who am I to get in the way of that? Who am I to stop that suffering if that suffering is helping them awaken? And that's, again, where this paradox comes in, because, yes, suffering helps us awaken. Everyone who's been through suffering knows that it was an incredible opportunity for their growth. And yet, we have to recognize that that, that is true at the soul level, but at the human level... Whatever we can do to limit suffering, I believe it is incumbent upon us to do it. So that means recognizing both the fact that suffering has the opportunity to lead one to incredible growth and expansion while not wishing that suffering upon anyone. Because growth and expansion can happen in many different ways. And it doesn't necessarily need to be through that form of suffering. If you feel called to act, if you feel called to help, if you feel like your sacred obligation is to limit the suffering in the world, karma's got nothing to do with, with that. And I think that's a really flawed, simplistic, ugly way of transforming the idea of karma into something that's just bullshit. Because... Yes, if you believe in karma, which, hey, it seems to work, it seems to work for me. If I believe that, that my karma has led me to taking on this, this manifestation and the, the trials and tribulations I've been through and the good and the bad and everything, I can also recognize the moments where I was relieved of that suffering by others and the incredible grace of that and the deep, deep um, expansion that I experienced through that gratitude. So the two are not at odds. They are paradoxical. 
but they're both true. It's like one of those times where somebody says, do you want to do this or do you want to do that? And you say yes, because sometimes that's just the answer. And so here I am. We got through Canada Day. I chose not to post anything about it. I chose not to communicate about it because I felt like I had more to say than I was capable of illustrating in uh, in 144 characters, or I guess they, they doubled it now, or whatever it is on Twitter, or through an Instagram post, uh, or a YouTube video. I felt like I, I needed to have the time to explore all of this. And so for everyone who took the time in their week to contemplate and to share and to express themselves throughout this past week when we were looking at some really, really difficult things in our society, I commend you and I thank you for what you did and to all of my indigenous brothers and sisters who shared who marched, who showed their disappointment and their deep grief. Thank you for allowing us to be witness to that. It did not go... um, I don't take it for granted, and I don't believe that our country does either at its heart, because I think think we are moving towards greater unity in the universe that's the way it goes that is the forward momentum and each time we are exposed to the fact that we are moving against that which was clearly the case with our residential schools and is clearly still the case with how the indigenous community here is being treated it is moving against the current of the universe and when we when we are exposed to that I think we have the opportunity to correct and start moving with the universe. And I believe we can do it. And so thank you for exposing that. It's an incredibly difficult thing to do. And you are a strong force. You are a soul force. And I think that's just the most beautiful way it can be put. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you listening. I don't take it for granted that I get the opportunity to communicate in this way. I would love for you to share this idea with others, share the podcast, share your growth and your experience uh, with me. I would love that. Um, So thank you, thank you, thank you. Om Ham Hanumate Namaha. Peace, homies.